All right. Thanks for coming back to Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. Today, we have Renee Little, the non-diet RD. Renee, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. Super excited. Love your content. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. So uh, what got you into, like, I guess the, you know, as the anti-diet RD, like, where did you start from there? Did you try other things first? Like, what was the, tell me the journey. (laughs) Sounds good. Yes, I'm really excited to chat today just kind of about, like, anti-diet because it's definitely a passion of mine, um, as you can see from, like, my Instagram and everything I put out into the world. So basically kind of looking back years and years ago as like when I became a dietitian, this wasn't like it was in existence as intuitive eating, but it wasn't really in the mainstream yet. And so most of my career was focused on like the medical nutrition side and also helping people with weight loss, which as we know, is like always super common for a dietitian and in that career path. It's something that many that they would come to a dietitian for. And so that was kind of my life for like a good 10 years, I would say, probably. And it really eventually just didn't resonate with me. And there was just something that I knew like didn't fit. So I actually left the profession for three years um, and did something completely different. And I think that's a pretty common, again, like thing for dietitians to kind of feel a bit lost or stuck in their profession because of kind of that approach with weight loss. And so I actually stumbled upon the intuitive eating book by Evelyn Triboli and Elsie Reich by accident. It was kind of like just put in my life by a few other people that I had, uh, a few other dietitians that I had connections with here in Calgary. And so I started reading it and it all started to click. And so ever since that moment, I've like put it into my life and then also worked that into all the work that I do with my clients. And what was it about the, you know, I've definitely talked uh, in depth on why I don't do weight loss. Um, I would love to hear kind of like your, you know, the weight loss approach in the, in that field. Like why did that not resonate with you? Or I guess like got old with time. Yeah. So it, it was never resonating because partially like I want my clients to be successful and I want them to be happy and healthy in their life. And what I was seeing with my clients like over and over again is weight loss was not supporting that goal or that outcome for them. They would, you know, maybe lose a bit of weight or a lot of weight. And then I would over time as they would see that weight um, come back on. And I was always thinking it was something wrong with me or kind of something wrong with my client's approach in terms of how we were approaching this, that there was something we were doing wrong. And it was really frustrating for me. And I could also see it be so frustrating for my clients as well. And so I knew that there just had to be like something else or the profession, if this was it, it just wasn't something I could, I could do and work in um, anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well is that like people really talk about, you know, they always want to lose weight, but the the losing weight is not the hard part. It's the weight maintenance Mm -hmm. that is the... It's the the regain weights, depending on where you look, is like pretty staggering. Mm-hmm. And I think like, especially for someone who's trying to work on their health, that, you know, even if you do succeed the first time, like the, the chances of quote unquote losing it are not 
Like, and that's such a tough journey as well. So yeah. I think that's something that's really important. And so what does the, so let's kind of, let's kind of backtrack on time, like anti-diet. Mm-hmm. So what is the diet part of it in terms of like, what counts as a diet? Is that like, is calorie counting a diet is like, cause I think when a lot of people hear anti-diet, what they hear is no rules about food, everything goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, does the people who aren't in like, I guess like that field will say like, anti-diet just sounds like I can eat whatever I want as long as I'm happy. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That That's what I hear a lot from like the people who are not for anti-diet or not for like a haze kind of method. Yeah. So when I, like, I was curious too, when I first started this work, I was kind of curious as to what people actually identified with in terms of like even the terminology, because I wasn't sure how to transition like my career and my job into that space um, and have people actually identify with what I was doing. So I asked a lot of questions, like when I went out into community events and was talking to people, I started to use like different terms um, as to how I would actually label myself. And there was like non-diet dietitian, excuse me, came up and anti-diet and just like intuitive eating dietitian. There was lots of kind of terms that I threw out there. And excuse me, I have something in my throat. And um, <laughs> no worries, yeah. And so, what people really seemed to identify with the most was actually anti-diet. And what they seemed to identify with is that that meant not going on like fad diets and not pursuing <clears throat> that like weight loss cycle of having like weight loss and then weight regain that many of them were so familiar with. And so I I know there's in kind of more of the intricate maybe world of like the health professionals, there's a lot of like strife about the anti-diet word or the the path and not having the focus on weight loss. But when I actually went out and talked to people in the community, they were actually like so on, they really were excited that that was what I was offering and um, that a dietitian was actually standing up for people and empowering them to like be healthy without having to lose weight and having basically improve their confidence towards like their body and nutrition, again, without focusing on weight loss. So I think there's kind of two different like perspectives and community and and what I really see in my actual community in real life. uh, And with my clients is they're like, they identify with it. And they're really, it's really clear for them on what that means, which is maybe different. Yeah. And I think, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's great as well. I think there's a lot of like, even when I was, you know, in school, there, nutrition had very strict rules, I think is kind of the best way that I would. And like, that could be more veggies or like, like this, you know, anything from like, vegan to the Candace food guide kind of thing. And I think like the anti-diet approach, is there any hard, fast rules that exist in that? Or is it like as a more subjective tool? Like what's the Because, like, I'll give you kind of, like, keto has, like, a very specific Mm -hmm. example, right? Like, keto is, like, carbs have to be under this amount so that you're in ketosis. Like, that's the the concept. Does anti-diet have any specific rules like that? Or is it more subjective into the person? Yeah, I think one of the main things that I really love about this approach is that it is really about the individual. And it's about the helping the person, like for me, what I do in my work is I help my client actually explore and understand like their own body better, their own patterns of eating better, and to understand what makes them feel good and what doesn't make them feel good. 
and they then are able to like guide their eating and even their exercise, their movement based on that versus all these like external cues. And when we look at diets and, and even like the fitness kind of culture and world, a lot of that is based on like rules or feeling like you're motivating someone because they have to stick with something. Whereas the anti-diet approach is really taking like a step out of that and going like, just like, how can you trust your body and figure out what your cues are to guide your choices? And then you will feel good based on like as a result of that. Yeah. And I think that's good as well that it's so focused on the individual because we're all Mm -hmm. different, right? Like I think you give one person, I think that's where really diets have failed. These diets are always like almost treating us like we're, like we're a manual. I think that's kind of the best. Like we're a manual when really people are more like paintings where like how you get to the end can vary mm-hmm. quite a bit. I love that analogy. Um, so I th- <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I think as well as like, so if someone comes to you and they're like, okay, you know, I'm this way. I want to focus on a body transformation of some kind, whether it's weight loss, whether it's um, like becoming more tone as kind of an example is this kind of a two eating approach, does that have a focus on that at all? Or is the goal of that to kind of remove yourself from the more aesthetic based goals? Yeah. So basically when people find me because of my, like how I've kind of niched down in who I help, um, they're really, they've already tried intuitive eating maybe for like a year or two and they've, they've been feeling stuck with it. Um, and there's something that's just like not getting, them into where they want to be in terms of moving forward they're still maybe stuck in with some diet culture thoughts or behaviors and they they're just not sure how to get forward uh, and move forward so I would say when my clients find me they're they don't want the pursuit of weight loss they know that and they still feel like a desire to um, and they are frustrated <laughs> with that desire they don't want to feel that way anymore, uh, but they're willing to still like put that on the shelf and work through some of the other things so that they don't have to continue to pursue an aesthetic based like outcome or goal or like a weight or body shape based um, goal because they just don't want that anymore. Yeah, I think that I want to think that's great that that's very similar to my mm-hmm. message as well. I think we're kind of at the point now where the aesthetic-based goal is almost like doomed mm-hmm. for failure, in my opinion. Like, you're, it's going to fail at some point, if mm-hmm. not immediately. And I think that's one of the things that's like, you're not going to be better looking than Photoshop. Like, that's kind <laughs> of like what I tell, like, it's just, it's, and the, the aesthetic base is always based on kind of like a, a comparison yeah. thing, right? <laughs> right? Like, you don't look like this person, but mm-hmm. you should. Uh, and that's kind of why I think it's really important to have a message on like, oh, what makes you feel good? What makes you feel healthy? Um, I'm not here to tell you that your the shape of your body is wrong. I'm just here to make you feel better and healthier. Um, what do you say to like, I guess like kind of people that I've heard who have said like, and the intuitive eating is not about health. It's just about like feeling good about your choices. I haven't. That's interesting. Like that's cause that that's cause I, I've had that for people who are like big into calorie counting or big into like, uh, maybe the people who aren't as big on like health at every size where what, what they'll say is that you know like you're you're not following the food rules means that like anything goes and as long as you yeah. feel good about your food choices that's the priority as opposed to like yeah. health outcomes 
Yeah, I would say like that's a really um, a misunderstanding, I guess, of what intuitive eating is about and what health at every size is about. And I do have questions from people a lot of times because they just don't really understand like what intuitive eating is and maybe they're um, perspective is of it is just from like little captions on Instagram or on more like social media. Um, and so they don't really know, you know, like the full aspect of it, but really when we think about like, and kind of take a step back of, you know, when we're supporting clients with weight loss, like what is the end game, right? Like obviously there's health outcomes that people value. Um, there's like the confidence that people value. Um, and obviously there's other things that are important in terms of values, but it's the same thing with intuitive eating. <laughs> so when I work with clients, like initially I talk to them specifically about like, what are your values and what are your priorities for your life? And a lot of times it's the same. It's like health, um, and also to like maybe as an addition is to feel a lot less like chaos and a lot less um, just sort of turmoil in terms of how they feel about their body and food but we're going about it in a different way because my values are in that I know weight loss you know maybe temporarily helps someone feel more confident or might feel more empowered in their body but that's not something that's easily sustainable for hardly anybody. And so the actual like cycle of weight loss and weight gain can be really detrimental to your health and also your confidence, obviously, and how you feel about in your body. And so intuitive eating, we have the same goals, but they're more looked upon as like for me, longer term um, goals. Like I might work with somebody for quite a long time on some of their goals. And at the end, they feel you know, peace and ease towards food, plus they have values of their health outcomes met and, you know, uh, they're feeling empowered and good in their body. So yeah, I think it's just people maybe don't understand, I guess, the full scope of intuitive eating and that anti-diet approach. Yeah, and I think that's great as well, especially because like the truth is, is that when you look at, um, so just as people, like we're terrible at weight loss, like across the board. Like, there's really no studies that's like, if you do this diet, mm -hmm. like, this will guarantee weight yeah. loss, things like that. Um, and I think when we're pushing people into this focus that we get a real problem where we're kind of setting them up for mm -hmm. failure eventually. Like, and I think that is, you're right, super, the weight we gain is so frustrating, right? Because, like, even if you do manage to lose the weight and you gain it back later, you mm -hmm. almost feel like a failure or almost like you've lost yeah. something and... Um, that's just kind of the human body doesn't want to lose weight chronically all year round. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, and that's a hard conversation I think to have with people, but I also think yeah, it's an important I think so one. Too. And, um, and this is, you know, as an example, this is why I don't do uh, before mm -hmm. and after photos with my clients, because to me, it's like the before and after signals, you know, the before I was big and not great. And then afterwards it was like, look, I'm thin now. My life is awesome. And I think like that message has, a lot of real mm -hmm. flaws um, that like kind of like anything, which also signals like whatever it takes to mm -hmm. lose weight is worth it. And I think that is something that needs to be seriously reconsidered. I'll mm -hmm. say to put it lightly. Definitely. And I, I see too, like people, you know, my, my clients and people who I talk to in the community, they, they kind of get 
their cues also for me in terms of what we discussed. So if when I was in the world of like really having weight loss as a priority for, for individuals, and that's what they came to me um, for, that was also my conversations in like everyday life and in community was a lot of times around these like good and bad foods and what I should and shouldn't eat and, you know, how weight was really valued. But now that I'm opening the conversation up to like a completely different area of having like, you know, how does, how do you want to feel? How, what do you need today? Instead of saying, what do you need to do based on a plan or program or expectation? What does your body need and want? And then that really, you know, that conversation gets circled around that and looking at more of those empowerment pieces and health based on like food choices and not necessarily on expectations or or requirements. So I think as health professionals in like different, you know, fitness and nutrition, we also, when we take the lead and we shift the conversation and we shift and, and redefine the culture ourselves, like through our own work and our own, our own kind of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's uh, an important thing to mention as well is that, so I actually had a dietitian on who was like pro weight loss interventions. Like that was kind of the, mm-hmm. that was the focus. Uh, and I, I invited her on not to be like, <laughs> look how wrong you are, but like really to get your understanding of like what her, you know, what, what's the deal? Like, what's like, like, why are you pro weight loss? Like I'll, I, I'm mm-hmm. anti weight loss for the most part. I think there's specific exceptions, but for the most part, I think it's a bad idea um, mm-hmm. to focus solely on weight loss. But for her, if I, we had her on and it was a great conversation and I wanted to mention as well is that like, we agreed on like mm-hmm. 95% of things. Like that was kind of what I found very interesting is that like, the only thing we really disagreed on was the end outcome, like what the focus, but like, uh, you know, it was still a focus on healthy behaviors. It was still a focus on feeling good and mental health. And like, that was kind of like, we just, but the, the, we, we agree on disagree on the destination, but like the process was very similar. And I think like, that's important to understand as well is that like, while there is kind of a divide that can exist, like the disagreements are not as strong as. Yeah. I think think some of the big disagreements in terms of how I feel is around like how, um, I guess if you as a practitioner do support, like that you promote and support weight loss for your clients, that it, and it's kind of sending that message that people's bodies aren't good in the way they are and they're not necessarily like worthy of their kind of success in life being in the body that they are so it really looks at again like that advocacy piece of you know that all bodies in my opinion all bodies are worthy and all bodies in this world can achieve health and wellness and um, you know we can look at things without having that weight lens and so I really feel like that's an important piece because if I'm saying like weight loss is a priority and yes let's do that I feel like I'm also saying your body then isn't good or working yeah, you're, you're, you're indirectly saying like, hey, you're a BMI of 32. This is a yeah. problem. Let's address this um, without really looking at, you know, biomarkers or other kind of aspects or, you know, kind of you're, you're making an, yeah. you're making a very large assumption based off of yeah. an outward piece, um, which I think is something noteworthy as well. What are some other common misconceptions? <laughs> We've talked a lot about weight loss, but what are the other common misconceptions you 
have had about like when people hear your anti-diet like what I think comes up one of the big things to be honest um <laughs> is that people still think the end goal of intuitive eating is controlling your weight um it's just going about it in a different way that's like one of probably the biggest mis- misconceptions that i hear <laughs> so um it's interesting because we're so pre-programmed i think from that diet culture mentality that we think that still it's just like oh not fad dieting um it's like healthy lifestyle changes um but they're kind of missing that you know con- controlling your weight isn't the end game it's actually like realizing that you can't control your weight and your weight like in terms of set point theory will settle out where it is if things are kind of in balance in your life and you're listening to your cues and your and your body and so the end game isn't actually controlling your weight um yeah yeah let's talk about that as well actually because this is even a problem that i get as well is that i really focus on like Mm non-aesthetic non-weight loss goals right and sometimes I feel like having that pivoting that conversation is really, really tough. Like sometimes people come to me, um, like the idea of not focusing on weight is like so ingrained that um, even when I tell people like, don't focus on the weight on the scale, they'll be like, absolutely. Cause if you'll work on your healthy behaviors, yeah. you'll lose the weight anyway. So I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that's not the message. Like, like even the non weight loss approach yeah. is still a weight mm-hmm. loss approach. Um, and I think it's like, how, what's, what have you found that's been successful in moving that? Because I think a lot of people, even if they don't want to focus on the weight, um, it's still one of those things that's been so ingrained that it's really hard to change that, yeah. you know, point of it conversation. It is. And so I talk a lot about um, diet culture. So a ton about what that is, um, what it means, how to identify it, and even how pervasive it is in our society, um, even in like, you know, skin creams and on the cereal boxes and all the messages that we see. So I go through a lot of that with my clients because once they're able to really see the difference between like true like health and wellness in terms of a non-diet approach and what that looks like, and then they can see and separate the diet culture approach, it starts to become really apparent to them like where diet culture, what diet culture thoughts they're having and how that's influencing some of their behaviors and their thoughts around their body and food as well. Yeah, I think that's really helpful as well, really understanding, you know, it's not about because the environment is like, you know, I think I I was with a colleague and I was joking with a friend that like all advertising wants you to be 21 (laughs) years old and 100 pounds. Like, that's what it is. Like every like 45 year olds are being advertised that they could look 21 again. And so that's that's Mm -hmm. buying the product. And I think that's like maybe you're just 45 Mm -hmm. and that's okay because (laughs) aging is normal. And I think like that's kind of the. Um, and then when you have people buying like $300, you know, face yeah. creams and stuff like that, and, um, that are like a necessity that they'll like, it's like budgeted in, mm-hmm. like, that's like, it's not a luxury item. It's like, all right, like rent groceries, $300 face cream. Like they're on like the same, um, playing. And I find that that's, it's built through such like a guilt. Tri- yeah. It's built through like the guilt trip of aging. Mm-hmm. That's always the part that I. Um, we, despite the fact that mm-hmm. we all age, it's a very normal thing. And I think that's the, it, it's great to see this kind of approach as well. I think it's so nice to see like, listen, I don't care what you weigh. I don't care what you look like. Yeah, I and just even not even necessarily like focusing on like always health either, but 
again, looking at like that food freedom aspect and like not feeling guilt every time you eat. Like that's the biggest thing that I hear from people um, is that they feel so intensely guilty about eating different foods and it's just all consuming um, to them. And so again, like looking at like separating and getting off that weight loss track, it's also thinking that just want to exist in your life like what do you want to have capacity for that you don't have capacity for right now because you're always thinking about like food because you're either you're hungry because you're restricting or um because you're just like you know planning it's like and it takes so much time out of your day you know you're meal prepping and like looking at these programs and like it's very consuming and so you just don't have a lot of capacity for like other things like creative your creative brain developing your business like enhancing your career really being present for people in your life so it's also about like not like always focusing on like health as an outcome or weight as an outcome but also like what else how do you want to exist in your life and and what's holding you back in terms of that weight focus that's really just like all consuming as well yeah, there's there, there, there's more to life than paying bills and losing yeah. weight. And I think that's an important message that's like, this does not need to be your everything. And it shouldn't be. I think that's the, like, really, that's the sign of an eating disorder. Like, that's the, like, by definition, that's a problem. And I think that needs to be, you know, if every part of your life is counting calories or, like, every time you have a piece of cake, like, I, I hear this all the time on, like, mm-hmm. earning your calories in the gym and stuff like that. Um, which first of all, like just, just going through that and on like, like if you actually calculate what you burn in the gym compared mm-hmm. to like your, it's, it's not a good time. It's so <laughs> awful. Um, it's, it's, it's just like, not, it's not worth the effort. And if you actually had that game, but I think like, yeah, we don't need to, we, we don't yeah, need exactly. to punish ourselves for having cake. <laughs> I think that's the like, I think, and I think that's a very important message. And like what I'm trying to change kind of as well as like in fitness culture as well, is that like, we really need to stop working out to lose weight Mm. and for aesthetics because it's a losing game. Like that's the kind of like, if that's the reason why you're there, it's going to be a bad time. Like you need other things, whether it's strength, whether it's mental health, stress relief. If it's always like, you know, I had an extra piece of cake or like, I ate too much at dinner and now I have to burn it off after, you know, in the gym. I think that, that that's a, that's a long mm-hmm. time. That's a long time. Well, and I think too, game. like about, like we talked a little bit before about kind of that fitness culture and diet culture aspect of, you know, when we think about the message that different companies or gyms are sending you, you know, they don't always have your best interest at heart, right? Like you hope that they do, but really they're a corporation they're trying to make money and, what makes money is getting people to lose weight and regain it back again and continue to be their clients. Like that really is what Weight Watchers entire program is like based on. And so when you get kind of, again, like helping people get away from that model, it's kind of looking and seeing like who has your best interest at heart. Well, you technically do like as you know, your own person, like driving your own life, you know, how to make the best choices for yourself you know what makes you feel good and and how you want to build your life and so having you like know how and have the tools to be able to guide that is like so powerful compared to always leaning on somebody else that you're giving your money to basically to continue that cycle that's just keeping you stuck 
Yeah, and I think like, and I'm gonna leave this person's name out just to like not put them on blast. But like, I had this, I had this conversation about Weight Watchers where I was like, Weight Watchers is awful. And then they were like, they, you know, I went on Weight Watchers and I lost weight and it was great and it's been the best thing for me. And I, I didn't say this to the person, but I was like, but you regained the weight. Like it didn't, you didn't learn anything, but, and you directly associated with like, I gained weight, so I failed. Um, and, but when I was on Weight Watchers, I lost weight and I was like, yeah, cause you were having like 900 yeah. calories a day. Um, Yeah. Where can people find you if they want kind of like more information on intuitive eating or they're having trouble, mm-hmm. like they're stuck, kind of like as you mentioned, where is the best place they can find yes, you I have if they have any an questions? I Instagram page that I'm very active in. And so it's uh, the.ambitious.rd. And then on my website um, as well, theambitiousrd.com, I actually have a free right now intuitive eating meal plan, um, which is like very relaxed and like fun and just really based on like satisfaction um, with eating. And I'm doing another freebie pretty soon uh, that will also be on there, which is the three roadblocks um, that people commonly have with intuitive eating and how you can actually work through that. So that should be released in the next probably a few days um, on my website as well. That's awesome. And if someone wanted to work with you personally, like, are you in person? Are you online? Like, what's the Probably in yeah. line right now, I guess, right? After I, I actually, yeah, sorry, I first. actually am online sorry, go- all the time. Um, so this is not new. Yeah, it's not new for me. Um, oh, okay. I have my online program, which is a six-month program. And then I also work um, just with one-on-one appointments. I have like four appointment bundles um, that for people who don't want the program or the commitment for that kind of that longer, more work, a bit more work with the program. It's the uh, one-on-one is just kind of focused all on what they need in the moment. All right. That's awesome. That sounds like a great program. Um, I really appreciate you being on the podcast and kind of like clearing the air. on what, like, Yeah, thanks, Mark. This was a really months. fun conversation. I, it's like a passion of mine, so I could probably talk about this all day long. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. You could go for another hour, yeah. No problem. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening to an episode of Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. I really do appreciate it. Um, If you're a woman who is looking to get strong and feel confident and you want to focus on training that is not about appearance or weight loss or thinking you have to look a certain way, um, I highly encourage you to use the link in the description of this episode to apply to the Badass Lifter program. That's what the program's about. It's not about being a certain weight. It's not about looking a certain way. It's about, you know, building your confidence from within on what your body is able to do as opposed to what it's supposed to look like. Link is in the description of the podcast episode. I just wanted to say thanks again for watching and have a great day.